Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us today. As we begin our worship this morning, I would invite you to uh, listen to these words as our call to worship. These words come from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We are glad that you are here for worship this morning. Our hymn is number seven, worthy of worship. Number seven, if you are able, please stand and join and sing.
seated. I invite the children to come down for a lesson on the steps. Hey, Noah. Come on, Gavin. Today I want to tell you about something that we've been talking about every Sunday. And you know Miss Ellen talks about it a lot too. And that's prayer. But I brought something today that I don't always wear on my hands, but I thought it might be nice for us to look at our hand. We looked at it last week, remember? We talked about how different everybody's hand was. Well, Miss Ellen has a glove on this morning. And I want you to look at your hand and look at your fingers. See, I've got things on my fingers. So I want you to look at things that you can do to help you to remember to pray. There you go. Oops, I think you got a little more rain on your finger than you got in the pot, didn't you? All right, on your little finger, I want you to remember to pray for God to help other people. Can you think about what that might be, Gavin? If God needs to help other people. How about the people who need help now because of the flood? God needs to help them, doesn't he? All right, see if I can do this. All right, on my second finger, I've got, we need to tell God maybe we need to be sorry about something. If we didn't do something mom or dad said, we can tell God we need to be sorry. So we, I'm not gonna ask you what you might've done. So we don't wanna share that. So we're gonna close that finger up. And then on my middle finger, you know what it says? You are awesome. God is awesome. He takes care of us every day, doesn't he? He watches over us. He makes sure we're, our, everything's provided for us. And so we need to tell him that. We need to say, God, you're awesome. All right, and then the next finger, it says, help me. Sometimes we need to ask God if we, he could help us. When we don't do something at home that's very good, we make mom mad. Help me, and dad, that's exactly right, and dad. We need to say, help me, God, to be a better son or be a better little brother. Might we need that too sometime, don't we, Gavin? All right, in the last thumb, it says, my thumb, all my sticky notes are coming off. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for bringing you today to church, to Sunday school, to share with us and be with us. So I want to read a special scripture that I think most of us already know, and y'all are beginning to learn it every Sunday. And that's a special verse. It's called John 3:16, And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Anyone who believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life. God loves you very much every day. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for these special children. We thank you for all the children, Lord. They are special to us every day. Lord, we ask that you take care of the children who are in the flood and who don't have a special place to go right now. Take care of them, Lord. Take care of our families, our church families, and keep us safe. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Our hymn is number 383, Near to the Heart of God. 383, if you are able, please stand and join in singing. Carolina Mission Offering supports the Shelby Mission Camp. Recently, the Mission Camp was host to 200 individual or international volunteers and 100 security and EMS who were here for the equestrian games in Tryon. Our church helped in providing a coffee shop September the 3rd and September the 23rd from 4 to 6. And we served breakfast one morning from 4.45 to 6 a.m. to this group. This was a great opportunity to meet, greet, and be witness to these individuals. Um, you see the pictures above, and I'm not going to mention the names of those pictured, but there is a special thanks to the Dorothy Edwards class for their gift of money to buy supplies, Bob and Ray Lamb for cakes, Sherry Cox for biscuits, um, and all the individuals that came and served and brought food and, uh, and helped. We had a really great time. The Shelby Mission Camp is gearing up now to be the Western North Carolina Collection Point for Baptist on Mission, North Carolina Baptist Men Disaster Relief Donation 
fun. We have opportunities for mission work here in our hometown, and we can witness firsthand where the gifts for the North Carolina State uh, Mission Offering is used. North Carolina Baptists are deploying Mana One, one of the largest food trucks ever built to serve areas affected by Florence. 30,000 meals a day can be prepared in this 40-foot semi. We're so grateful for the resources that allow our teams to serve so many. So who's responsible for this food that's been prepared? It's the North Carolina Baptist men. They have an experienced and active disaster relief arm that is funded 100% through donations. The North Carolina State Mission Offering is their major source of ongoing funds. The North Carolina State Mission Offering helps support the, the work North Carolina Baptists on Mission are doing in Puerto Rico also. And we have a brief video of the response to Puerto Rico. There are over 5.8 million people in North Carolina who do not know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. With a number that large, how do we begin to make an impact? One of the first steps is by identifying the specific needs that exist across the state. Using census and demographic data along with field research, specific areas of concentrated lostness have been plotted on a map. We call these areas pockets of lostness. This map focuses on the top 250 pockets of lostness across North Carolina and can be accessed by visiting ncbaptist.org pol. When we look across the state as a whole, the need can be overwhelming. But zooming into a concentrated area helps us to see with more clarity. The Coastal Population Center is located in the southeastern coastal region of North Carolina. This area includes many diverse pockets of lostness. There are 12 counties with more than 730,000 residents. The coastal region contains several cities, rural areas, towns, and a large military presence. Will you join us in praying for this region? Pray for the Jacksonville area, which is considered one of the youngest cities in America. Pray that churches and individuals will reach students on the eight college campuses. Pray doors will be open to the gospel in multi-housing units, in which 95% are unchurched. Pray for the unreached people groups throughout the region. We can make a difference when we impact lostness through disciple-making. So my charge to you is to continue to pray, to give, and to go. Thank you, Connie, and all those who um, continually keep mission endeavors before us here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. The last part of the opening hymn, uh, Worthy of Worship, let me just read the chorus once again. It says, you are worthy, Father, Creator, you are worthy, Savior and Sustainer, you are worthy, worthy and wonderful, worthy of worship and praise. God is worthy in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our heartache. As a church family, we continue to grieve the loss of two who were dearly loved here, Ted and Roseanne Daves. We continue to grieve the loss of Reed Murray. Others have experienced loss in other ways in recent weeks, and uh, our hearts are heavy this morning. We also stand here and knowledgeable of, uh, many of you know of other families that are hurting in just different ways. Maybe it's not grief, but maybe it's uh, different trials, circumstances that have taken place in the last 
couple weeks, and uh, we want to uh, be mindful of our unspoken request as we gather this morning. Let's also remember Betty Bridges. She, her cancer has returned. She was at Charlotte this week, um, and uh, we want, she is home now, but we want to remember her. She has received her first dose of chemotherapy once again, and we continue to pray for Rodney Nolan as he had a successful surgery this week but continues to heal, and we want to be mindful of him as well. I'm going to give you just a moment to offer a prayer. It may be a prayer of praise. It may be a prayer of thanksgiving. As Ellen talked about, the different ways we can pray. Uh, but uh, it may be that you just, maybe you need to confess something as, as you continue in worship this morning. Or maybe you just need to lift up a concern, a concern that is on your heart. Maybe it's a personal one, or maybe it's someone near you, uh, whether in relationship or proximity right now that just needs prayer. So let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Almighty God, we are thankful this morning that you are on your throne and that you are in complete control. Father, we confess we sometimes wish things would play out a little bit differently in life and circumstances and situations. But Father, we come together corporately as a body of believers this morning as children of God, putting our faith and our trust in you. You are worthy of worship and worthy of praise no matter what circumstance or situation may befall us in this life. We may have our questions and we may wish things would have played out a little bit differently. But Lord, we know that you're a good God and that you're a loving God. And in Father, in your time, whether that's on this earth or in the life to come, Lord, we know one day we will know and we will see the bigger picture. Lord, comfort those that are grieving this morning. Lord, we have some that are experiencing that, including myself. Just uh, with loss in our church family and loss uh, in my personal family as well. Lord, surround those with heavy hearts today with the presence of the Good Shepherd. We thank you for walking with us, not only walking with our loved ones through the valley of the shadow of death, but we thank you for walking with us through the valley of grief as well. Father, we lift up Betty Bridges and we pray for her as she's home now. Strengthen her body and Lord, bring healing once again. Bring that to Rodney Nolan. Bring that to others who are on our prayer list who are undergoing treatments at this time. Father, we not only pray for our sick, but Lord, we also remember those going through difficult situations and circumstances. We pray, Lord, that you would undergird them and you would strengthen them, that you would be their God of refuge and strength and their very present help in these days of trouble. Father, urge us and, and spur us, compel us each day, Lord, to show, to tell, to demonstrate your love to others in every possible way that we can. Lord, we're living in a world where so many people need to hear some good news. People need to hear word of hope. And Father, as children of God, we have it. And Lord, help us to offer it to a hurting world. God, bless this service today. Every word spoken, prayer, uh, prayer prayed, every uh, scripture read, and the message as it's preached, and the music as it's played. Father, may you hear our praise today. May you meet with us here, and may you move among us today in powerful ways. God, draw us closer to you this morning. And Lord, when we leave this place today, may we all say it's good to have been in your house. We ask this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, all of God's people said. Amen.
Let us pray. Dear God, we come to you today with heavy hearts that are thankful for the lives of Ted and Roseanne Dave, and we are thankful that you allow us to grieve and heal together as a church. We are also thankful for the many blessings that only come for you, even though we not, do not deserve them. And I ask that we could give back in any way possible to further your kingdom and to grow it for all the people that need it. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.
so much for leading us. Our scripture reading begins today in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Some of you may remember little uh, laminated pieces of paper that had two different versions, scripture versions of this, these two very verses on it at the beginning of 2018. And I challenged the church family as we move forward. We talked about the fact then that we never know what a year may hold, as some of us have recently found out in many ways. But the importance as believers in abiding in Christ cannot be stated more, and it's appropriate for our time together this morning. But in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Moving from the words of Jesus to the words of Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul has a challenge for young Timothy here in these first eight verses of chapter 2. And he says these words. First of all, then, I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all men, for kings and all who are in positions, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectful in every way. This is good and it is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony to which was born at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then in every place that men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or quarreling. May God add his blessing to the reading and the preaching of his word this morning.
If you've been here at all in September, as Ellen says, we've been talking about prayer for the last few weeks. And thank you, Dr. Webb, for sharing a wonderful message with us last Sunday. Prayer in the life of a believer is essential for maturity, for growth, and for our witness. We are all continuing to learn and grow in this area when it comes to prayer. This morning, we will continue to build on that foundation which we have begun. And if you choose to join others in taking today's message seriously, it could lead you and I to be a little bit ridiculous. Stay with me. Let's begin by looking at the scripture passages that we have for today. Jesus is the master in taking something so simple and teaching us something so, pro, so, so profound and teaching us a remarkable lesson. And here in John 15 today, he takes a vine and a branch to speak about the importance of abiding and remaining in him. And just as the branch cannot be connected to the vine and bear fruit, so the believer must be connected to Christ in order to bear spiritual fruit. The, the vine and the branch must be connected. You and I must remain and abide in Christ if we are to bear spiritual fruit. This is my desire and I hope it is, is yours as well. This is a simple but profound lesson that Jesus is teaching us. As we abide in Christ, number one, we get to know God. As we walk with him, as we remain in him, as we abide in him, we get to know him better. And as we remain in Christ, we bear spiritual fruit. And later in verse 10, which we did not read, as we actively abide in Christ, we are keeping his commandments and we are walking in his ways. We are walking in step, if you will, with our Savior. We abide in Christ in many ways. And one of the most significant ways that we can abide in Christ is through prayer. I don't know how a person could be growing in their faith and, not, and prayer not be a part of that. We grow in our faith and learn from God in many different ways, through the reading of his word, through fellowship, through worship. But prayer must be an essential part of what it means to walk hand in hand with our Lord. The stronger our praying, the stronger our abiding. And the stronger our abiding and remaining in him, then that should be also be evident in our praying as well. Keep this in mind and as we move to our other passage this morning. Again, we've moved from Jesus' words in John 15 to now Paul's words in 1 Timothy chapter 2. First and second Timothy was written is a letter by written by Paul, uh, most likely when he was in Macedonia to a young Timothy who had been his apprentice, who had walked with him for years in ministry. And uh, most likely Paul will be taking over the church in Ephesus. And so Timothy is giving him a final commission, a final charge, if you will, to this young Timothy who has walked with him these years. Paul has given a great introduction in chapter one to young Timothy. And here at the beginning of chapter two, Paul uses what is a classical formula at this day for private correspondence. And he begins with the words in the text of chapter two, first of all. So what we know that's about to come is the, the, the one, number one thing that Paul is ready to begin saying to Timothy. He's ready to begin the main body of his letter, if you will. And he does so by charging a young Timothy with, with some specific instructions, the first of which is to pray. Let me read these verses again. The first four of second, first Timothy chapter two. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. 
This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Paul's charge to young Timothy to pray for kings has a twofold emphasis. Number one, a specific way to pray for all people because the actions of a king affects society as a whole. And we know that so well. The second emphasis is it reminds believers that God is the ultimate sovereign. He is in control and our prayers affect decisions at the highest level. I particularly love this passage in reference to where we're headed for the month of October. Here Paul is reminding us to pray, which is where we've been in September. Amid the charge, he also reminds us that it is God who extends his offer of salvation to everyone. Christ died for the sins of all. Can I get an amen? A message that all believers have also been charged to communicate. At this time, this morning, I've asked Clay Bryson as we transition this, this Sunday, we're talking about prayer and we're going to get to the ridiculous part that I mentioned in a minute. But as we transition, Clay, you go ahead and come on up. But as we transition this month from prayer into looking at evangelism next month, uh, Clay has been meeting with and discussing uh, this, this next month with several here in our church and is going to uh, remind us of what is coming this next month. So I'm here on behalf of the evangelism committee. I have to do a really good job or Bonnie's probably going to jump over the choir loft and get me. So, but I was asked to go to the evangelism, evangelism committee meeting last Tuesday. I was truly, really excited to see what they have planned for the month of October. It's my job to relay that to y'all and what we can do about it. But October is evangelism, evangelism month. And so if you're anything like me, I had to Google what evangelism is. And so the best thing I could find, it goes, it's right along with discipleship. And so October is going to be a really good opportunity for everyone in the church to get involved, to really disciple to people in the community. And Bonnie and them have done a great job of setting up different testimonies for each Sunday, little 10-minute testimonies of how different people came to Christ. And so this is not only a great time to bring friends and family, but just to bring non-believers. They can be complete strangers, just anybody that is in need of Christ. And they wanted me to stress the importance of Sunday evening, follow, Sunday evening classes that follow up the sermons to help prepare us to share the gospel and the message of Christ. Because that's something we might think it's easy to do, but we're not necessarily prepared to do. Thanks, Clay. As we think about our prayer life and where we're headed for the month of October, it is our prayers that help us get to know God better. As I said earlier in the passage in John, as we abide in Christ, we begin to get to know God. And it's our prayer life that leads us to have the heart of God. And as we grow in our love of God and our relationship with him, we know that God loves people. And we read there in the, second, the fourth verse of 1 Timothy chapter 2 that God desires for all people to come into relationship with him. This should naturally translate into how we are sharing and showing God's saving love to others. Consistent, honest prayers are needed as we are getting, as we are getting to know God and his larger plan for our lives and for our world. And as our personal prayer life and relationship with God grows, it's only natural that our prayers become bolder. Like I said earlier, all of us are still learning what 
prayer life is. Some of you could give testimony as to how your prayer life has grown over the years. The first thing to do is to start. That's where we must begin, is just to simply start and just to begin talking with God and growing in our relationship with him. It is our prayers and God working in our lives that can, and at time, lead us to be a little bit ridiculous. Have you experienced something crazy in your life or had someone experience something crazy? And I know most of you people in the congregation fairly well this morning. And I have, I honestly, I can say after some of your stories, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Some, some of you are great storytellers and some of you, I believe most of your stories and others, I, only, I believe part of those stories. But I know that some of you in the room have heard someone say to you, after you've said something or done something, you're trying to tell them and, and it honestly happened. And they say, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Um, some of you, well, most of you know Noel Manning in our congregation. And um, I found out this week that his mom played professional football. It's true. You can ask him. I'm going to let him tell you. I remember a time in high school when I came home and uh, I loved, I worked with children in the daycare and it was great. I loved it. And I got paid for playing kickball and it was just, it was great. And I remember coming home to my parents one day and I don't know uh, all the details surrounding this, but I, I remember saying something. I had heard that there was such a thing as clown school. I'm telling you the truth now. I, I am. I'm telling you. This pastor is telling you the truth. I'd heard about clown school and you could go to clown school. I'm thinking this would be great. I could make a little part-time money on the side going to children's birthday parties and, and just maybe corporate events or other things where a, a classroom or wherever they needed a clown to entertain and I could get paid to be silly. And my mom and dad said that's the most ridiculous thing that I, they had ever heard. I still think it wasn't a bad idea. Um, a couple I talked to this week said that when they told their parents over 50 years ago that they wanted to get married, their parents said, that's the most ridiculous thing. And again, over 50 years ago, now they're still together and happily married. And we could share a few more of these. I love, a biblical, I love biblical accounts where God shows up and works in situations in which you or others would describe as a little bit ridiculous. Several weeks ago, I shared and reminded you of a story, and it's a lengthy story. I'll share it briefly in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 of a man named Jehoshaphat who learned that uh, some enemies who lived around him who had a terrible reputation were coming against him. And the first thing he did is he called the people to come into the temple and to pray. And they did. And what happened is God told the people to go out on the battlefield and stand, not to fight, but to just stand there. And you know what they did? I, I say that in the context of being a little ridiculous. Don't go out there and fight. Jesus said all these, these, these armies that are coming against you are ruthless, but God says, don't take any weapons, just go out there and stand. And they did it. And God routed the armies that were coming against him against one another and they were destroyed. And by the way, I think if I remember the story correctly, the choir led the people out on the battlefield and stood there. So, you know, I'm just saying. Um, we know of other stories as well. We think of Acts chapter four when Peter and John were arrested and uh, they began to pray and um, they lifted their voices along with many others and the place where they were meeting shook and everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. There's examples, other 
examples that at times from our human standpoint, we may label as a little bit ridiculous in the Bible. And another one is a, a small and young shepherd boy, inexperienced in battlefield, inexperienced in wearing armor. It was a little heavy for him, if you remember the story right, between David and Goliath, the young shepherd boy, he goes out to face this giant of a man who had a reputation for brutalizing and killing thousands before this moment. And he's daunting, he's standing in the valley daunting the people of Israel. And finally, David, this young, inexperienced shepherd boy said, is no one going? I'll go. And you know what? He defeats the giant. Another story of Jesus honoring a prostitute in the New Testament who crashed a party at a Pharisee's house to anoint Jesus's feet. All of that just sounds a little bit ridiculous, doesn't it? All of the things that I just said there. Another story, Jesus honored the tax collector who climbed a tree to get a glimpse of him. Jesus honored four friends in the New Testament who cut a hole in someone's roof to get their friend to him. That just has a lot of problems there for me in today's society. If something like this was going on, it just, it, it raises a lot of questions. Jesus honored a persistent woman who drove a judge crazy because she couldn't stop knocking. Let's let our prayer life lead us to be a little bit ridiculous for Jesus. Our prayers can lead us to be a little bit ridiculous in offering forgiveness when everything in us says that hate, revenge, and resentment sure sounds like a better option. Our prayers can lead us to offer ridiculous compassion when indifference and cruelty seem to be a more popular opinion. Our prayers can lead us to spend a little more time in conversations with others, sharing with them about the hope of Jesus Christ when going about our merry way and going home to watch TV sure sounds a whole lot better. Our prayers can lead us to do things that are difficult. Our prayers can lead us to, to show ridiculous love to people who don't deserve it and who have done nothing to earn it. Our prayers can lead us to be ridiculously generous with our money, our resources, and our time for the cause of Christ. Our prayers can lead us to be a little bit ridiculous with our kindness, to, again, to people who don't deserve it. Ridiculous with our self-control when it would be much easier to fly off the handle. Our prayers can be ridiculous in helping us first to confess and then deal with the sin in our own lives. I would venture to say that this, this cannot happen without time in prayer. As we get to know who God is and who we are, confession must take place. Jesus says something that first glance, at first glance sounds ridiculous. He says a lot of things in the Sermon on the Mount that could be interpreted that way. But in Matthew 5, 29, he says something, if, you're, if your right eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He's pretty clear how important dealing with sin in our life is. And I'm going to say this and move on, but if there are any men in the room who are struggling with images on a screen, you need to take the ridiculous step of dealing with that. And if there are men in the room who would like to talk with me more about that and how to take that ridiculous step in dealing with that and confessing that sin, I am open and would encourage you to call. In closing, I want to say by human standards, God has been ridiculous in relating with us. His ridiculous grace has offered a way for us to know him, to walk with him, and have fellowship with him. I know many in the room listen to 
some Christian radio and there's a new song out that, uh, it, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of new music comes out and it doesn't hit me um, today, but this song was, was different. It's a new song that's been on the radio a lot recently and it's by a man named Torin Wells. The song is called Known and I wanna read you the lyrics. He says, it's so unusual, it's frightening. You see right through the mess inside me and you can call me out to pull me in. You tell me I can start again and I don't need to keep on hiding. I'm fully known, this is the chorus, I'm fully known and loved by you. You won't let go no matter what I do. And it's not one or the other, it's, a hard, it's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known and loved by you. I'm fully known and loved by you. It's not like you, it's not like you to keep pursuing, it's so like me to go astray. But you guard my heart with your truth, the kind of love that's bulletproof, and I surrender to your kindness. I'm fully known and loved by you. You won't let go no matter what I do. It's not one or the other, it's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known, and loved by you. In the passage we read, that I read from 1 Timothy chapter two, in verse five, Paul writes, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. The invitation today is twofold. One, it's for all believers in the room to step out of the routine, to step out of the mundane, and to step out into the dangerous, unknown world of being ridiculous for Jesus. We live in a world where God's people need to step out and can step out and offer a different message today in our culture and in our world. A message that to the world seems absolutely ridiculous, but a message that we've been commissioned to share. So today, if you are here in the room and you're saying, Keith, I've heard this ridiculous message and I wanna respond, the altar is open. And I would encourage you to come, whether it's to recommit or to just come and offer your own prayer for how you can leave this place and join others throughout history, throughout biblical history and church history that have been a little bit ridiculous in their love for God. And the second part of the invitation is for anyone who has never put their faith in this God who loves us ridiculously well, who loves us despite we are fully known and loved by him. That's a ridiculous kind of love. That's a love that as a young college student called me into the ministry and wanted me commissioned and, and I felt the Lord's Spirit saying, Keith, I felt him saying, Keith, go share this ridiculous love with others. It's gonna be hard and it's not, it's not gonna be easy. And I didn't know all the details and still don't of what that could look like 10, 15, 20 years from now. But it's something that the Lord spoke in my heart during those years at Gardner-Webb that he's still calling me and speaking to my heart today to go share and to communicate his ridiculous love and his ridiculous grace and his ridiculous forgiveness to a world that desperately needs to hear it. This morning I ask again, have you responded? 
to the ridiculous love of God, a love that is far beyond anything we could ever communicate or even understand. And if you have responded, how might God be leading you to show this ridiculous love to the world in which we live today? God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for how ridiculous it is. Where you sent us your son, you taught us to walk in faith. You asked from John 15 that he divide, that we remain in you. And if we do, this we will bear much fruit. Forgive us, Lord, for what we haven't remained in you. Lord, lead us in the path of righteousness. Lead us to walk with you. And Lord, help us to be people who offer hope each and every day to a world that desperately needs to hear. Lord, speak to the hearts of the people in this place today. If there's one who's never put their faith and trust in you, I pray that today will be the day that they are made to be Today is the day that they begin to walk in new relationship with you. And Lord, if there are others in this place today that just say, Keith, I've been going through for God, I've been going through emotions. I want to make a difference in my world. I want to make a difference in my community. I want to make a difference in my family, what it means to live in you and to walk and abide in you. Help them to have the courage to come to pray and do business with you. Lord, speak to us. God, if there are those here today that desire membership here at Woodland Street Baptist and desire to join this fellowship to grow and share together. Lord, speak to their hearts and lead them coming to that public Father, we love you. We commit this time to you. Have your way in our hearts. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. Give them a chorus here before I can step in my faith.
There we go. Hey, all right. We have some uh, two wonderful families that many of you have also had the privilege to get to know in the last few weeks who are coming today uh, to seek membership here at Bowling Springs Baptist. And I'm going to ask uh, Clay and um, Tammy to come and, and join us and the children as well, everybody. This is the Johnson family, Noah, and remind me again, Autumn and Katie. And they are coming today to seek membership at Bowling Springs Baptist. They are coming, one is coming by uh, transfer of letter from Cliffside Baptist, one is coming by statement of faith. And we'll be talking with the children more about baptism and um, following Christ and, and those things here in the next, in, in the coming days. But they are coming today to seek membership here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. And what is the pleasure of the church? All right, and a second. All those in favor, if you'll raise your hand and wave at them. All right, any opposed? Well, we are glad that you guys are with us. It's been a uh, privilege to get to know these guys on Wednesday nights. I know that they've been enjoying youth and Noah's been enjoying the children and I've been enjoying to get to know these wonderful uh, folks here. And we're gonna have a time in just a moment for you to come by and shake their hand. And I'm gonna ask you guys just to, to be seated on the, on the front row. And I'm gonna ask another wonderful family here, Mike and Becky Huntley. Our family had the privilege of, of sharing a lunch with them a few weeks ago. They live right across from, well, I don't know if I shouldn't tell everybody where you live. Well, okay. You live, you, they live across from Chris, Cliffside School there. Had a wonderful opportunity. Aiden got to play with their grandkids and we had a wonderful day sharing a lunch, a wonderful meal too as well, uh, after a recent Sunday morning. And um, they are coming today. They have a history in uh, God's country up in Hendersonville in Fletcher and Arden area. I have to say, and um, at Arden Presbyterian, but they are coming today by joining by statement of faith. And um, they are seeking membership here at Bowling Springs Baptist and would like to grow with us. Uh, what is the pleasure of the church? All right, and a second. All in favor, if you'll raise your hand, wave at them again. All right, is there anybody, any like son? Well, welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist. We look forward to growing with you guys if you'll just have a seat there. And I want to encourage our church family to come by. These are two wonderful families, uh, both some from the Cliffside area. Um, and so we are delighted to have you. And like I said, just look forward to growing and getting to know you guys better in the coming days. Let me just make a quick announcement. Nick, this coming Saturday, there's an opportunity for anyone, male, female, child, youth, who would like to go to the Shelby Mission Camp to learn how to uh, hang sheetrock, lay tile or frame in a wall. And so I know that there are some of you out here that would love to do that. We have one lady who is going with us and she would love another uh, lady. Oh, we've got, yes, I see that hand, thank you. We have another lady that has just volunteered, but I'm sure they would love to have more ladies to go and to join them. And I know there are some ladies that would love to learn how to frame in a wall and hang some sheetrock. So that's next Saturday from nine to three. It is $10. The church will pay your $10. We just need to know if you wanna come. And we'll meet here in the parking lot at 8.30 and head over there. And so please be mindful of that. And then also just continue to be in prayer for our dear friends down east who continue to struggle great mightily uh, in, in recovering from Florence. And um, be mindful of the announcements and things that are in your bulletin as we leave today. There's a lot of opportunities for ministry and growth. Johnsons and the Huntleys, welcome to Bowling Springs Baptists. We're glad you're here with us. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the ridiculous grace and love that you've shown each of us in this place. Father, help us to respond to that love by abiding in you each and every day. 
Help our witness to be bold as we leave this place today. We love you, God, and we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for these two wonderful families. And Lord, help us to all grow in you together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.